What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of SSPN Postgame. And Ethan, we're here and we're about to be the most repetitive podcast on the planet <laughs> because what happened just again? What happened just again? A close loss down to the wire. I know it kind of got away from the Spurs in the last five minutes there. But I mean, when you when you take into account that Trey Jones and, and Jeremy Sohan don't play the majority of this game, the fact that it was still a game late into the, the fourth quarter um, with you know, DeMontis having a big game. De'Aaron did what he does, getting 31. And Malik Monk had 22 and almost the most insane poster of the season on Jakob Pertl late in the game. And you take into account that our leading scorer was Malachi Branham. Um, it was actually a pretty good game. It was actually a really solid performance from the Spurs when you take into all of that uh, or take all of that key context into account. We might as well, Drew, just put like on the front of at the beginning of every podcast, just like a title card that says we played pretty well mm -hmm. in the second quarter and in the fourth quarter. We really didn't score that well. Like like our offense stagnated and and, you know, give credit to Sacramento. They, they really kept their foot on the gas the whole time. It felt like for a second there, I think it got down to, to three point lead for Sacramento. We like whittled it down um, with the help of Jay Rich. Who was a big spark plug for us, especially with Trey Jones' absence, and of course Malachi, who led us in scoring, and Zach Collins, who I thought did a phenomenal job in the post. Uh, we were able to get it down to that three-point lead, but you know, at the, in the end game, Sacramento is a better team, and they pulled out. Um, I just think we couldn't we couldn't match up against Sabonis' size, and that's nobody's fault. He's just a really quality All-Star level center, fifteen for twenty. From the field, one for two from the uh, three-point land, eleven boards, yeah, four assists, thirty plus. Yeah, you can't you can't stop that man. And then De'Aaron Fox is just it, it just felt like too easy for him. It, it felt effortless. Uh, we couldn't stay with him along the perimeter. He was making really clean passes. Um, and give give credit to the whole team. The Kings were were playing the right way. So <laughs> when they're doing that, it's hard it's hard to beat them. But you, like you said, you know, a lot of positives too. I was just going to say, you know, it's like we played a team that's third in the West and those yeah, are their two all-stars, yeah. <laughs> which it doesn't, you know, with the Kings over the past, you know, however long that really has. It feels weird that it's the Kings because it's like you're still playing the Kings, but they're good this year. You know, yeah. I mean, 30 and 10 oh, yeah. for both of them in their respective categories, uh, 10 mm -hmm. assists for De'Aaron and 11 boards for uh, Sabonis. And he had two blocks, two steals and four assists, too. But to talk a little bit uh, about the positives tonight, um, I thought Zach had a really solid game. Mm -hmm. You could tell with his body language, he was getting a little bit frustrated, you know, when when. He was playing he was playing basically the best defense you could without fouling. And it was like three straight buckets for Sabonis. But before that, um, and I was texting you about this, and Jakob really had one of his better games too. But I, I think yeah. that kind of has to coincide. Not to take anything away from Jakob, but I think that also coincides with the injuries, right? We were just talking last night about how sometimes Sohan and Jakob get in each other's way. With Sohan mm -hmm. out, that allowed, you know, us to basically run the offense through the post like we normally do. Um, or like we did before Sohan's emergence, um, basically for the rest of the game. But Zach did, I thought overall, if we, if you pull up all the clips of the one-on-one -on -one possessions between Zach and Jakob, uh, matched up with Sabonis, there were more misses caused by Zach. I thought he was more physical, got bullied a little less. I will say that in the fourth quarter, Jakob came in and, and made some good plays against him, um, 
but there was a stretch there where we were it kind of felt like we were leaving Zach in there with the starters and I think that had a lot to do um, with that and he also took advantage of some matches against Chimezi Metu um, and and some other people throughout the game just really got to showcase more of his footwork in the post his baby hooks Um, you know every game it feels like Sean Elliott saying on the broadcast he's just getting better and better and I, I couldn't agree more it was just a positioning problem I felt like for Jakob he was just letting Sabonis kind of like if there was space between them Sabonis was eating that space more than Jakob was I know Mm -hmm. he's probably trying not to foul because we need him on the court but he's getting within two to three feet away from the rim and if Sabonis is that close to the hole um, he's gonna make the shot like there's just nothing you can do at that point yeah yeah well, obviously Malachi was our leading scorer, had 22 and five assists, uh, nine for 13 shooting, three for five mm-hmm. from three, super efficient night, plus five. The only dude actually in the box score for the Spurs, well, no, Doug, and Doug, Doug and Zach. Zach, and Malachi were the only guys in the plus minus um, Big who three. were plus tonight, right? <laughs> Big three. But, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, just to talk about Zach and Doug a little bit, because you got them in my mind there. There was that one um, pass off where Zach like basically handed it off to Doug for the three at the top of the key and then immediately went into a screen. And it was like there was nothing else going on on that possession. And I was just like, that was a really highly intelligent play there. So I got to highlight that. But going back to Malachi, um, I mean, really, when you look at this game and the looks that he got, it's like now the shots are falling, Ethan. And it feels like mm-hmm. there is a little bit more arc on his shot as well. It's not as flat, but the rotation was always super solid. Um, what were your thoughts on his game tonight? Continues to look smooth. Continues to look poised. Finding baskets when, when nobody else can find a basket. Um, I think that he has understood that our bench unit has had struggles um, just generating points in general. Um, so he's able to create his own shot find space and make tough contested jumpers or he had a floater off the glass as well uh, from like 10 feet out like this in-between game he has unlocked it and he feels more comfortable in it and like you said the shots are finally falling because that that's really all his issue has been is just the shots falling because he's getting to his spots and he's great in catch and shoot too yes yes that that feels a lot more smooth and automatic well. right mm-hmm. yeah for sure uh, just another thing to talk about, I guess, um, you know, one thing that we had kind of praised Keldon for just over this past stretch where uh, Devin's been out is his fourth quarter scoring. That was kind of a little bit non-existent tonight, but yeah. still, I don't feel like he had a bad game. I know he only had 18 points, uh, did have five assists and kind of had to take on a little bit more of that playmaker role with Trey and Sohan out. Um, so you like to see that uh, had eight boards. I thought he was physical there as well. Um Obviously, didn't have the best shooting night, but I, I still didn't feel like it was a bad game from him tonight. He still made some plays driving to the rim and, and showcased some of the stuff that we talked about in the live last night. Just the um, the development and, and the added skills that he's had to his bag, uh, you know, driving to the rim. Yeah, he was doing pretty well, I thought. Um, I'm kind of surprised he only had 18 points. It felt like he was doing more than that. Right. Um, but we talked about it last podcast as well he he's at his best i feel like when he doesn't have to be the primary ball handler when he's playing off of a sohan or a Mm -hmm. devin Vassell or even a trey jones and none of those guys were there so i can see why he would only have 18 points but he didn't play poorly right and a lot of those nights the more i'm thinking about it he's not going to have five assists 
when he's in that position. Yeah. So really, if you take out the five assists he had tonight, those are probably buckets instead. And then he's got another 20 point game. So yeah. really, he was just kind of having to adapt to his role, which you love to see um, in that situation. Trying to think of just some other bright spots tonight. Um, before Trey got hurt, uh, he was doing a pretty good. He had four assists um, and was doing a pretty good job defensively on De'Aaron. Forced a couple misses. Obviously, I think De'Aaron would have still ended up getting thirty, whether or not Trey Jones played or not. But mm-hmm. I, you know, saw some good things in the nine minutes he was on the floor. Um, Sohan missed all of his shots, but they weren't terrible shots. There was there was one that you could argue could have been a foul at the beginning where he was like you could say his arm got slapped. There was the wide open three. And I'm forgetting some of the others had a little bit, you know, of struggle getting into rhythm tonight. And it felt like we were in the first quarter, Ethan. Tell me what you thought about this. It felt like we were kind of running a little bit more of the older offense, like through Jakob. And I feel like that's not necessarily where he excels. I know maybe, you know, if the game progressed, we would have ran less of that and we would have saw more of what we saw, you know, in the his 15 point first quarter in the last game out. Um but still, defensively, though, he made some good plays, um, I remember, in the start of the game. Just seven minutes from him. Uh, but, you know, an interesting comparison because, you know, in um, in 27 minutes, uh, homeboy Chris Murray, or not Chris Murray, that's his younger brother, Keegan, Keegan Murray, Murray. He, uh, even though he got the free throws at the end, he made just as many shots as Jeremy did tonight. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not worried about Jeremy at all. Me <laughs> seven minutes of play and and you're right it didn't it didn't feel like we were running anything through him in those that's what i was like that was more what i was asking about because it felt like we were dumping it off to Jakob in the key or not not in the key at the elbow yeah um i can't remember specifically if that's what we're doing i believe you but it definitely felt like we weren't going to him as much as we were in the past two games um not sure why that was but he missed all four of shots too. So like, you're right. It, it wasn't like he was hot. He either. still was getting shots too. Yeah, that, he you was know, still shooting. He just wasn't hitting. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Um, yeah, and now that I'm looking at the box score here, Jude, I just want a, a, a key note for why we couldn't ever dwindle it down to like taking the lead. Yes. 17 turnovers to Sacramento's nine. We really shot ourselves. And we didn't get to the line. I'm so glad you said that. We had like one free throw with six minutes left in the fourth quarter and Bill Land mentioned it. And Michelle Beadle and Sean Elliott were like, what are you saying? And they were like, oh, wait. (laughs) Like they looked down and I couldn't believe it either. So that's another key thing too. And and that's another thing. Like at the beginning of this, when I talked about all the key context, when you throw those two things into account, like we should have been getting blown out. So, Mm -hmm. you know, shout out to the guys uh, hanging in there. But I see Adrian and Miles are asking about Sohan and Trey. They look very minor. Like Trey, I I didn't even see. It was just like out of nowhere. They showed up. He was out. So definitely wasn't anything major. It was his foot. Yep. Um, And then Sohan, it was his back. It got tweaked on a possession and he kept playing through it. But then it was like when he went to the bench, he was like, I need to go to the back. But it was, well, kind of wordplay there. It's the same word, but a different Mm. back. Um, He needed to go to the back to get work on his back. 
but yeah. anyways um it, it neither looked very serious fingers crossed or this right. could be the uh we were playing a little too well in that first quarter and we were like uh, let's get these boys out real quick so sohan for sure actually did get hurt maybe okay. trey <laughs> was in that because like they showed the play like he was getting guarded by keegan and it was like he didn't do any it was a non-contact thing but it was like he mm. tried to do like it wasn't a spin move but he was putting his back to him like if it was going to be a handoff or something and it was like while he was trying to drive around him he just they showed him winced they showed gotcha. him when something happened. It was non-contact, um, but still did not look serious at all because he played through the next couple possessions after that. Adrian. <laughs> so what you were saying is that they're out three weeks minimum. For sure. For sure. No, right. That's what I'm thinking too. Like I'm saying these don't look that serious, but it's like, mm, this is the opportunity for even more mm. losses. Absolutely. We <laughs> called it last game. We were, we were like, oh Devin's going to come back and all of a sudden everyone's going to be hurt again. Uh, uh, our man Eric Casino is in here said Jakob has become a dunk target Malik almost took his soul that's so true and that's literally exactly what Ethan texted me during the game mm-hmm. everyone thinks he's soft now because of <laughs> old boy John Moran now everybody wants to two years in a row everybody's trying to everybody thinks their jaw is Dude, that was new- crazy though yeah. I did not know Malik had that in his bag I was like oh my god but yeah, it I makes sense bounce, i'm like okay that, you know that's probably why he's one of the leading scorers on the third team in the west <laughs> yeah that's that was not and the lakers let him go too i'm sorry mm-hmm. to keep interrupting you no you're good you're good like, i knew he had bounce but i didn't know he had that kind of kike with contact kind of bounce like over somebody like blade griffin-esque type crap um what was i gonna say about hey i was gonna say is Jakob pertle just the new sean bradley of the nba <laughs> Because everybody oh, dunked on no. Sean Bradley back in the day. Like, it was like a sign of, like, oh, almost like a medal. You got to dunk on Sean Bradley. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully that moniker – well, I mean, it, I, I say this with endearment to Jakob, but hopefully that moniker won't be in San Antonio much longer. <laughs> it, it's a sign that he's at least going for the blocks, right? right That's what everyone right. says. He's at no. least trying. He's attempting it. And, I, and so I love that. Our man Keith Young says this game felt like a Yak and Jay Rich showcase. That's that's very accurate. Um, you can even throw Doug in there a little bit too. Um, definitely got to showcase the trade pieces tonight. I was texting Ethan uh, after the injuries, like midway through the third quarter or something. We had a lineup of Jay Rich, Stanley, Doug, Zach, and I'm forgetting somebody else. But it was oh, and Malachi. KBD, oh, yeah. KBD, KBD, and I was like. This is the all vets lineup. Like we haven't seen this all year and it's February. And this is the first time we're seeing a week away from the trade deadline. We're getting a full lineup of vets and it's because two young players got injured. That's just, it was just such a like encapsulation of the season that, that, that happened in February. So you said something that, that reminded me, we haven't talked about Blake Wesley yet with his baffling four minutes. Uh, (laughs) I, I texted you after we're gonna talk about pulled. Isaiah Roby too. If we're gonna talk yeah. about Blake, <laughs> Blake, Blake Wesley got yanked like, like Pop yanked him like he was yanking a lawnmower, like just trying to start a lawn. Like, what did he do? He he had like two turnovers back to back that were really bad. There was the pick and roll with him and Isaiah. Yeah, that just, and there was another one. I can't remember what it was. I don't mean to change the subject a little bit here, but did you see Pop's face? Like whenever he told Isaiah to get up and Isaiah was like, me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he was like, and then he like sprinted after that. But it was like, Pop was like, 
what do you mean me? It was like he was so annoyed that Roby wasn't expecting to play. And I'm like, what else is he supposed to expect? But I get why he's like, you're an NBA player. You should always be up and ready to play. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, I felt for Roby in that situation. <laughs> and when he was on the court. But but back to Blake, like, it's just, he's got the Tony Leash, man. And he's going to mm-hmm. get that treatment because they see that potential in him. You just got to think about Malachi and Jeremy at the beginning of the year. They weren't mm-hmm. getting yanked like he was, but also they were in a little... Malachi was getting yanked like Blake is. Sohan never was, but also Sohan was like... It came into the, the season as arguably our best defender as a four. So like that's always going to keep you on the floor in San Antonio. But definitely there were some seven-minute, four-minute games for Malachi early in the year. So that's just mm-hmm. how we got to look at Blake. My favorite Blake moment tonight was um, he turned the ball over. They, they got they got like an easy layup, fast break layup. And he, he's like a little frustrated. He grabs the ball. He's about to take it out. And Pop calls a timeout. We had just come out of a timeout right before he threw that. Inter- and so back-to-back timeouts. And Blake was like, God. Like he like threw his hands up. <laughs> like obviously very frustrated with himself. Oh, Boy, uh, you know what uh, Sean said whenever that happened? Sean was like, Man, the only people he's like the only people I know that hate these back-to-back timeouts more than me is the players that are on the team right yeah, now yeah. who have to go through it. It's like, oh. oh my gosh! Speaking of, of Sean, I know I always talk about Sean, but they they had a pretty interesting note on the broadcast just for the just you know to to keep things in perspective for these young players. Um, there's three players in Spurs history to be averaging twenty points and two threes during a season, and that's Sean Elliott, Kawhi Leonard, and Keldon Johnson. So good company for KJ, for sure. Two, well, I was about to say two, say two Spurs legends, but two, two Spurs champions. We'll say that. He's a Spurs legend. He's a Spurs legend. Kawhi is, I know. Yeah, I, yeah, I just, you know. It, it's still bitter. It's, it, I still it, hate it, but he, the, he is. I don't know. I could we could go on a whole Kawhi rant podcast. Maybe that's something we should do in the off season and just like have a therapy session on Kawhi. You know how they do like the they did the Magic Johnson sits down with Isaiah Thomas and the Shaq and Kobe had to sit down. They're gonna have a Kawhi sits down with the entire San Antonio Spurs fan base. It's just him sitting in the center court, AT and T Center. It's full of fans, and he's like, "I just want to, I just want to see y'all mean a lot to me." And we're all like crying. Like when he retires, <laughs> we forgive each other. Oh my gosh. Okay, just getting to some other comments here. Adrian says, a week from the trade deadline and our trade assets are playing the worst ball of the year. I, I would say that for Jakob, um, but I think Jay Rich has definitely been on a chair. So Yeah, I would, I would say the same. Um, but this was a bounce back game for Jakob, which is kind of goes back to Keith's comment, which it was a good showcase game for those two guys tonight for the Raptors and the Celtics if they're watching. The Celtics should have been able to watch because they beat the crap out of the Nets. They should have been on the yeah. sideline watching Yonkup highlights. They really um, should have. Our man Eric Pacina says, off topic, do we have Charlotte's first this coming draft, which probably won't convey. Um, I know what he's referencing here, but I want to say it's lottery protected, so I don't think there's any chance. It is. Yeah. Adrian also said it in the comments is projected through 16, actually. Yeah. So they're, oh. and they're going to be, they're right there with us right now. So, yeah. That's no sucks. chance of that one. That does suck. Um, Wait, tell me this. No. 
Nobody will take it. I was going to say, it's not, other, life's not 2K. I was going to say, can't we still trade that pick? I was like, but nobody's going to take it. Like, Look, we're going to turn real. off all the restrictions and <laughs> we're going to flip everything. And by the end, we're going to have a roster full of all-stars and role players. Mm. What if we, why did we get that pick back, by the way? I can't remember. Which pick? The Charlotte pick. What did, what did we do? I want to say that may have been in the Derek trade. It had to be in the Derek trade or the DeMar trade because those are the last two trades yeah. we made. <laughs> or was it? Yeah. Or maybe the DeJounte. No, I think it's in the, it was in the DeJounte trade. Never mind. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Okay. It was in the Drew Eubanks trade to Minnesota <laughs> <laughs> when it got waived. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of Eubanks, uh, 11, boy, it's, it's his birthday, and he also had a, a big poster, kind of. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a poster, but it was like it was a pretty crazy dunk against the Grizzlies. It, it looked he like was, Air Jordan. And he, he was talking, legs out. He was talking mess, and the sideline was going crazy. It was nice to – I really liked the Grizzlies, but it was nice to see, like, the Grizzlies get the other side of that. You mm. know what I mean? I've grown to just just have such a disdain. I know for them. everybody doesn't like him. I do. Oh. I love it. I lo- I, I honestly to. love it. <laughs> I think it's something to do with the, how Dylan Brooks looks. Okay, Dylan Brooks is super annoying for sure. His, but I really his, like Jaw. Like I like the that's I love Jaw. They talk. I but, love Jaw and Stephen Adams and JJJ. I don't care for Bain and Brooks. I think they need, they are like, oh, oh. At least Desmond Bain's like good. That's yeah, the he's thing. good, like, but he still and, bugs and Brooks, me. Brooks, Brooks is good too, but he's not as good as Desmond Bain. Anyways, we'll we'll get back to the Spurs here. Yeah. Um, not really a, a, many more thoughts on this game, Ethan. I mean, no, it's like me. their sixth man balled out, and that's Malik Monk's role on this team, and. De'Aaron and DeBonis played like they should play against a bottom of the league team with a bunch of injuries, and they're the third seed in the West. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not much else to say about it. Well, we didn't really talk about Isaiah Roby. Well, there's nothing really to talk about. <laughs> two for two, baby. That's what matters. Yeah. He hit a couple <laughs> shots, but you, you texted me. He's like, so skilled, but he clearly doesn't know where he's supposed to be. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing at all. Yeah. yeah. Poor guy. Poor guy. <laughs> okay. Well, looking at some of the Spurs schedule moving forward, Ethan, I know that you're going to be at the game on Friday. Uh, yes, sir. So I'm sure you're excited. Mm-hmm. Very. To, to an extent. Um, I'm sure you're just excited in general, but... Um, I guess you know what there is hope for that game. I'm 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 making it very dire here, Ethan. But not only does Harden have his history of struggles against us, not saying that's going to happen this Friday because it probably won't. But the Sixers did just split two games with the Magic. Magic are better than us, but you know not much better than us. So maybe there's a chance. Maybe there's a chance. I don't know. Zach Collins is going to have to lock up Embiid. You know what we should do? We should bring uh, Jonathan Simmons in on a 10-day so he can scare James Harden a little bit. (laughs) Have him come bouncing out of the tunnel. Is Gordy gone? I didn't even think about that. Yeah, he's gone. No! We we technically have a roster spot. So we sign Jonathan Simmons Simmons to a 10-day and then bring Manu in just to, like, wave and then James Harden will, like, shiver. No, we'll have have Manu, Manu get honored that night we'll have him on the broadcast so he'll come on the court you know james is he really oh no well i'm just saying for the 50th year thing you know well you know how we've been having was manu night well it was manu bobblehead night but we had nazar muhammad on oh yeah yeah. 
on the yeah, sorry, you're, anyways you're t- <laughs> the point is we're bringing in people in this 50-year broadcast yeah. right so we mm-hmm. can i'm just saying we can get them closer to the court we don't need them to wave we can make a whole big deal about it so it's really mm-hmm. in james's head you know what i mean I he's like just there that. and we should just play the block in game six over and over again just so he just heck yeah. you know he's mentally destroyed I miss Jonathan Stewart. <laughs> On the so real, we should bring him back. Yeah, he's, he's just, uh, I hope we shout, shout out to James Harden. I hope that you, I hope you're not mentally destroyed in life just when you play the Spurs. There we go. That's what we want. <laughs> okay, here's a good point from uh, our man Adrian. He says, we did Pete Philly early in the year. So there's definitely a chance, but that also might mean they're coming for revenge. They're on, they, they've been on <laughs> a roll. And they're on a tear. Yeah, oh, on there's a roll. no chance. I don't know why I'm trying to talk myself into this. This is the <laughs> point we're at in the season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any final thoughts on this one, Ethan? Go Spurs go. I hope that Sohan and Trey are back soon, because if they're not there, we definitely don't have a chance. We're back to purgatory. I'm, I'm glad you said that because I think that's probably the most like important thing from this game is if they're out for an extended period of time. We saw what happened the first time Trey was out. You compile Sohan into that with the way that we've kind of been relying on him with the way that he's been playing. Um, the good news is it means more L's and mm-hmm. keeping those lottery odds. The bad news is... Um, it's going to be ugly and won't be as fun to watch as it's kind of been of late. That would just be so typical for this season, wouldn't it, Ethan? It, it would be. It would. All right, y'all. Well, we appreciate y'all hanging out with us tonight on SSPN postgame. We'll be back with more lives, more post games, probably next week, maybe something this weekend. Actually, now that I think about it, I'll be pretty busy this weekend. Um, but check out the Austin Spurs game tomorrow at 7 and watch our boy Dom Barlow, maybe Charles Bassey's down there playing as well i know he might have had an injury also so Mm. injury bug once again hits you you mentioned it yesterday and it happened the next game so ethan knows what he's talking about listen to him if y'all enjoyed our content don't forget to like and subscribe if you want to stay updated with the show follow us on twitter you can watch it on at sspn on yt and follow us at jude mclaren at ethan underscore quintero to stay updated to the show we appreciate y'all at least the Spurs are staying competitive, even when two of their most key players are injured. That's yeah. all that we can, you know, look at as of right now. We'll see you on the next one. Go Spurs, go.